Scott Williams, uh, Washington County State's Attorney. Um, I think I know most everyone here on the panel. Um, um, why don't we so that you're not um, in the dark? You said most, so I'm going to assume that that's not all. So why don't we introduce ourselves? As a I was young, uh, high school age, I used to jump the train in Bennington and we used to jump off in Rutland because that was back then that was going to the big city. So, so um, I've actually never testified uh, before a committee before. Should I just sort of? Um, perhaps um, explain who you are yep. um, and what brought you here. So, um, in November of last year, I was elected state's attorney here in Washington County. I took office in February uh, as state's attorney for the county. My respo chief responsibility is uh, law enforcement in the community and specifically to prosecute or come up with reasonable alternatives to prosecution of crimes that are committed uh, in our county. Um, on August 7th of this year, uh, I had both the misfortune and the honor um, to be uh, in the parking lot at what is referred to as One City Place in Barrie, um, where Lara Sobel had just been shot. Uh, the misfortune was that I had to go and deal with that um, and deal with Jody Herring, the shooter. Uh, and the honor was that I was able to be with Lara um, as she died. Um, so I have a very, very real concern about worker safety. Um, I know that we are in an ongoing tight budget posture. Uh, I am not a person that thinks that spending money is the way to solve problems, uh, but sometimes we do have to save money to do the right thing. And so uh, I'm here to talk to you in general concepts about some things that uh, involve money today. Um, so to start, if I may, I might need to have Chrissy help me with getting through my Slides. Oh, let's start there. That'll work. Um, let's start with this. Um, I'm sure you know, getting rid of that now, I'm sure that you know there are state and federal laws that require a safe work environment be provided to all employees. Uh, I've given you a site there, and I can get that to Chrissy, plus I understand at least several of you received the, uh, the, the uh, PowerPoint presentation. Um, Interestingly, I don't know if it was it coincided, but OSHA has just very recently updated its guidelines for social worker safety. Um, there are, based on information that I'm receiving from various law enforcement entities uh, and others, um, there are some particular particularized threats uh, to not only to DCF, to uh, child care, child safety workers, um, but others. Uh, I have received threats since the shooting. Um, one cannot really fathom the why behind that, um, but uh, they do happen. There seems to be a profound uh, disenchantment. And again, Christy, when you get a sec, I seem to, have, we seem to have lost power here. 
Um, there seems to be a profound disenchantment with, um, with government being involved in people's lives within a certain segment of, the, of, the, of our society. Um, and I think we should really be concerned about that. Uh, it's a much bigger issue uh, than certainly this committee would, would expect to address. Um, but I think we really need to be considering it. Um, you know, I'm attempting in my role as state's attorney to take a public health approach to crime. And people ask me what that means. And I say, well, first it means um, crime, investigation, prosecution, punishment uh, is not an effective model for dealing with criminal behavior. Um, we have to get in earlier. Um, we have to get in with resources that make sense. Uh, and you know, uh, if we had a, an outbreak of polio, I, I know we can't have an outbreak of polio given the vaccination process, but if we had an outbreak of polio tomorrow and our kids were being infected with polio at the rate that our kids are being infected with opiate addiction and other criminal, what leads to criminal behavior, um, I don't think we would be saying, well, let's pass criminalizing legislation to make them stop getting infected with polio. Um, now, I come from a defense background and I went to the prosecution side of things because I had seen very clearly that um, you know, criminal prosecution doesn't necessarily uh, work to achieve the goal that I think we all have, which is either to reduce or eliminate crime. Um, so I say that just to hope, hopefully maybe help you all think uh, a little bit creatively. Um, and now let's <laughs> hopefully get here pretty quickly uh, and get back to the, the slides. We cannot, or I don't think we should, be seeking to um, wall our state employees off from the public. That's the worst thing we can do. We have to be accessible. Um, you know, Ambassador Stevens, who was killed in Benghazi, his whole thing was, yeah, I'm going to this inherently an unstable, potentially dangerous place. We can't wall ourselves off from the people of Libya because we've got to deal with them. We have to build relationships. We have to, we have, to have them understand us and we need to understand them. So I'm not here, and I know that there are some people that understandably who have been traumatized by Lara's murder um, who uh, want that to happen. And I, I would suggest to you, first of all, that that's, that's not a good idea. Um, let's see if I can move it again by luck. Uh, maybe over there. Yep. Okay, so the, the reason this is, this is me, I cut my head off on purpose. Okay, that's my 11-year-old daughter. <clears throat> she had to deal with, you know, the, uh, <clears throat> the consequences of what happened. And we should not ever want anyone to have to deal with that. We shouldn't want anyone's family to have to deal with that. <clears throat> I apologize. This is the aftermath. This is what it looks like. That's Lara's body under the sheet. Um, you know, she was shot 65 feet from the door to the building. That shouldn't be able to happen. We should, as a state, be able to avoid that. Um, and I think we can. Uh, you can't make everybody safe all the time. It's impossible. But there are some really reasonable, cost-effective ways that this can be done. I don't, again, I don't know that you, I, Honestly, I've never really paid attention to how funding works in state government. I'm still learning it as a state's attorney. Um, I'm hoping that if you're not the right folks to be thinking about this, that you'll talk to the people that are. Um, so, if 
Jacqueline. First of all, like I said, money isn't the answer. We can't, we can't spend our way out of this. Um, but it can really, in the short term, help with some things. You know, we know that we're losing DCF workers. Um, I, certainly from anecdotally, I know that some of it is out of fear for personal safety. Um, uh, I, I, and I, I certainly respect and understand that. Um, I, I, I think it's unfortunate that that, uh, that is the response for some folks because, you know, I don't care what job you take in state government and how you get it. Um, you know, I, I've always maybe naively been a big believer that, you know, there's, there's, there's duty and honor behind it. You know, um, not everybody has to swear an oath, some of us do, but if you're going to take the people's money, then you need to be willing to do the work that the people need done. Um, uh, so what you all can consider are things like basic physical plant security. Um, I, I, I think that's certainly a fair shake. Um, we can't we can't start a, a a bunch of new buildings incorporating the latest security measures. That's we, we all know that's not going to happen. Um, certain areas there are higher risks. Generally, the cities you know Rutland, uh, you know Bennington, Barry, uh, Chittenden County, uh, Costello uh, Court, uh, Courthouse. Maybe it's not the perfect building, but it's certainly the only one that I would say uh, has an adequate security setup in the entire state. Um, for, for courthouses. Um, and I'm talking about just front of the house. And I know that something just, uh, there was just this, a, a, a horrible crime that was committed inside. That's a different set of issues. I'm talking about the person who has decided they need to take a life and they're coming to a building to find that life to take. Um, Costello is set up in a way that uh, it, you can't just, you can't just walk through the doors and there are people, and I don't even know who runs them. I think it's the sheriff's office up there. They're, they're alert, they're aware, they're paying attention. They're not, they're not chatting and having coffee while people are coming through the doors. Um, because that situational awareness, which uh, so few people have, you know, again, my 11 and 14 year old kids have situational awareness. When they walk out the door of a building, they take a look around. Who's here? Who, who is that person? It's not paranoia, it's not fear. It's just, who's around me right now? Who, 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 who may or may not be a threat? Um, that's something that can be that any anyone can learn. They have to be willing to learn it. They have to be willing to stay with it once it's been learned. They'd have to be willing to practice it. But uh, it's a real easy way to go, and it's not real expensive. Um, that kind of training. There's at least one retired officer um, who's right here in Montpelier, uh, who's providing that kind of training to the Department of Education. Um, I was surprised at how reasonable his rates were when I talked to him. Um, and you know, he and I sat down and had a cup of coffee and just, I'm not in security, but I have a military background. Uh, and everything he said was pragmatic, smart, and easy to do. Um, so there's an area that you can spend money, right? And, and, re and really pretty reasonable to have someone like him provide trainings for people to help, to start with keeping themselves safe. Should I walk out the door right now? You know, um, should I go to my car? Should I call and ask the police for an escort? Um, those kinds of things. Um, when I say here, sometimes you have to make a show. What I mean by that is, you know, right now, people that are doing the work, um, they need to feel that you all understand the fear that they live with. Um, and that might mean putting on some token efforts, whether it's providing some short-term budget for 
sheriff's offices to provide additional security. Um, you know, uh, for a while there, at least, we had um, just someone monitoring the, the parking lot over at, uh, over at One City Place. Um, sometimes a show is okay, but just don't fool yourselves. You know, always be sure that you know whether it's a show or whether it's actually effective security. Um, so some areas to spend some money. Um, securing parking lots. It's the highest threat area that you're going to have as a state employee. It's that transition area from, you know, out in the community, uh, from the building, uh, out into the bigger world. Um, you know, and questions. All right, do, do, we, do we need or do we want to start providing armed staffing for parking lots? Um, or radio link to state and local law enforcement. Okay, that's the unarmed security guy who hangs out in the parking lot. Um, I'll tell you, and, and, and this is not meant as any kind of a criticism, but within 10 days after the shooting, uh, when I would go over to the parking lot, uh, the, the fellows that were, um, that were tasked over there were not paying any attention at all. It was, people were driving in and out of the lot. They weren't paying attention to who it was. They, they, weren't, they, they, they were just not in tune to the threat assessment that they were there to deal with. Um, and if that's going to be the case, then you might as well not bother. You know, just let us all sink or swim on our own. Um, fencing can be, can be helpful. You know, again, even, even with, and I, again, I can't in any way discuss details, but uh, even with the situation that happened, um, you know, a fence that wouldn't have allowed access to that parking lot, I, I honestly believe could have changed what happened that day because people can be thwarted by things that we don't really think about. They're in a highly agitated state of mind. They tend to want to be getting the thing done that they're there to do. And if, you know, uh, I just read a, a, a book about the assassination of uh, Rabin in, in Israel. And the guy, the guy happened to make his way into a parking lot um, while Rabin was giving a speech. And he, and he was saying to himself, if anybody comes and questions me, I'm leaving. And nobody ever came and questioned him. So when Rabin walked to his car, he shot and killed the guy. So that kind of thing, people go, oh, fences don't. Fences can be a high, a high psychological deterrent. Um, and that's a pretty reasonable thing to spend money on, in my opinion. You know, video surveillance. Video surveillance does not deter crime to my knowledge. I haven't seen, I mean, unless you're in a hyper, you know, big brother state like England. Um, but it at least gives you a record of what occurred. There were blind spots in that parking lot with surveillance. So, you know, we, we, we can see certain things that occurred that day. We can't see the actual event. Um, it's, it's just not, it's not recorded, um, at least that I've been made aware of. Um, but certainly a month and a half ago, there still was no video of the actual event. Um, airlocks, airlocks, that's, a, that's an expression for having a separate space that, a, that people can get into and then be assessed before they can reach into the rest of the, uh, be accessed into the rest of the building. Um, uh, they're highly effective. You can have your metal detector in the airlock. Um, People come in through the outer door, they get screened. If there's any potential issue, they can be follow-up screened in the airlock, um, and the, but, the, but the inner door has to stay locked until they're coming in. That can be really inconvenient at a, at a place like a courthouse. I imagine it would be pretty inconvenient at a place like a DCS, DCF office that needs to see people. Um, but it's not undoable, and it would really reduce the, and I'm talking about homicide risk. You know, when we talk about you can't bring your nail file into the courthouse as a juror because it's a weapon. I'm not, I'm actually not really worried about that. Sheriffs and, or I, 
can handle that in a courtroom. Um, I'm talking about the come into the door armed with the intent to do immediate harm. Um, your, your best line of defense is outside the building. Um, threat reduction materials, okay, that's bulletproof glass. Like, <clears throat> so I'm in the courthouse, my office is in the courthouse over at, um, over at in Barrie. Um, you know, I don't believe that a, someone committed uh, to harm would be slowed down very much coming through the front door. Uh, and once you're inside, there's, there's no security. Um, I have a separate locked door to my office. I have a plexiglass window in the, in the, in the hello window. And my 14-year-old kid could rip it out in about two seconds. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a harsh reality. That, um, I, I have lost some sleep over my staff about that. Uh, so there's an area you can spend money. Any place, that's gonna, any place that we are at some kind of re, you know, plausible risk, putting in at least threat three level, you know, pistol, pistol resistant glass um, would certainly be, I think, money well spent. Um, armed, trained, and alert security, that's a bigger philosophical discussion. And um, I would certainly, if, if I had my druthers, you know, if I were, if I were writing the book, uh, I would say, let's do it. You know, uh, my office should, uh, you know, state's attorney's offices should have some sort of armed response capability. Um, uh, you know, and you can really get in the weeds and talk about whether staff should be armed. Um, I'm not a fan of it. Um, there are people, I mean, people like me are kind of in the minority in terms of response, threat response. I don't want people that aren't like me carrying guns because that's our security. Um, but I think it's a discussion that should be had. I, I think it's a legitimate discussion to be had. Um, remote door locks, that's just the ability to, to open or close a door uh, you know, remotely um, from a switch or from a, you know, preferably from a fob. Um, you know, uh, especially if there's a crisis and your, your front lines have been breached, you know, uh, you wanna be able to get people out quickly and safely. Um, so, you know, we have key code, four digit key codes, which are, they are what they are. Uh, I don't want my people to have to be key coding out in the middle of a shooting. Uh, you know, they should be able to get the heck out of the building. Um, so, those are some really practical things. Training for non-security staff. Uh, that I mentioned this earlier, you gotta be willing to be responsible for yourself, um, uh, which means, again, situational awareness. Um, that's pay for the security training. Again, I know the Department of Education does pay for, you know, so if we're paying for schools to have training, now we've had the incident that some of us knew was gonna happen at some point. Um, we need to expand who else needs to be trained in lockdowns and in response to, to mass shooting events. Um, intelligence development, much bigger picture, probably much more money. Um, but developing a dedicated intelligence asset that can gather threat information. Um, we've got sort of an ad hoc process that we're doing right now in Washington County that seems to be working pretty well. Uh, you know, we've, we've had a couple of people that we've, um, we have one, one young lady go into federal custody on a, on a gun possession case. Um, there's a type of gun possession case that the feds here in Vermont normally wouldn't touch. Um, but because of the nature of the threats that were being made, um, you know, we were able to work with the federal uh, you know, pro prosecutor and federal uh, ATF um, and have that case charged. Um, 
that was that was a pretty credible threat. You know, that was there were specific phrasings and words that were used that you know certainly made me sit up and take notice. Um, so again, that that intelligence development, I think those things, ERS, uh, emergency response system style. So you know the uh, you know Barry City's got a great operation. They you know there's a command dedicated space for the command center. They've got the multiplex phones in the closet. They, you know, they've got all the jacks are in the room. They can they can roll that out. We used that room in a slightly modified version during the the, the shooting investigation. Um, so there were any the times were 15 of us in that space. All of us with our laptops. Everybody had a phone available. Um, you know, we were able to uh, respond quickly to uh, to that event. Um, and then we go to interior security. Uh, interior security. Um, like I say, at our building here in Washington County, my people are at risk. My people have to leave our secure space, which isn't really all that secure, to go to the bathroom. We've had twice now, we've had probation, probation or parolees um, on our floor, um, one of whom has a mental health issue and just has a thing about bathrooms. I can't fathom what it would be like to be a woman working in my office to come across that guy. Um, I, I, I'm lucky that my people have stayed with me. Um, uh, and then correction staff are at risk as well. Um, and that's, you know, and they, you know, what correction staff, you get, bring it back to child safety. Uh, they, they work with kids. We do juvenile court in that building. I did the hearing back in July that had Jody's child stay with the father. Um, you know, we're all right there. DCF is all right there. Um, dealing with this stuff. And that, that building, it's a 1970s design. I'm sure it was great at the time. Um, not a great secure space at all. Um, we had, uh, last week or the week before, we had a, a guy, uh, were we in the midst of this? We couldn't have been in the midst of jury trial. We, were, we had something significant going on in court when the sheriffs started moving in a very focused way, and we learned uh, by asking that a, uh, a probationer who was being taken into custody had absconded in the building. Um, and this is a pretty big, scary guy, and he, he was taking the, I'm not going to jail again. We could have had a hostage situation in a heartbeat. There was no communication. There's no system, there's no method, there's no uh, dedicated mechanism for advising the 150 or so people in the building that that this guy is on the loose. Um, that's that's embarrassing. We should all be ashamed of that. Um, and I don't say that criticism <coughs> you guys. It's just that's that's a reality that we shouldn't have. So that's the end of my prepared statements. Um, I would like to be able to work with you all in whatever way and in whatever capacity it makes sense. Um, again, I am not, you know, I'm not here to advocate that I should have a, uh, you know, an up-armored uh, Tahoe and body armor, armor and bodyguards. Um, but I am here to say that, you know, and look, I, I ask people to elect me to this job, so I, I get what I get. Um, our, our employees need to be, need to feel that you guys really understand how ongoing the terror is of future events and that we need to take steps to to, to remedy that. Thank you.
So one of the problems is there's no, there's no, there, there's definitely no silver bullet. You know, um, there are, there are, there are behaviors and things that, so, uh, well, first answer the question, Charlie. Yeah, the train, the, the training in this particular individual that's doing training, that is, a, that is a part of what he talks about. So that's um, situational training, the situational awareness training directly yeah. to the yeah. Department of Education. Yeah. So, so. Um, you know, there are certainly, at best, there are warning signs or markers. You know, there are things that people do, um, as you know, that are that are different from the, oh, you mother effer, I want to kill you, or I'm going to kill you in a moment of anger. You know, we, I mean, we see that all the time, all the time, um, and I don't go, uh oh, you know. So that sounds like an open question. Yeah. In terms yeah. of something. But that, uh, just to interrupt for one second, which is, which is yeah. th so that's where that intelligence piece comes in. You know, if you really want to be getting at this, you know, um, we, you know, we have uh, seven law enforcement entities and in and Washington County. Oh, sorry. Ask Senator Sears to be the last comment. We have four okay. other people sure. testifying. Yeah, that's in Dallas. Sure, absolutely. So that's where that intelligence piece comes from. You know. Uh, uh, we're doing a good job on an ad hoc basis of, develop, of, of sharing intelligence in Washington County, which kind of hadn't happened for a while. Um, but that's where it comes from, because you need to look at a broad range of a person's, what they're doing in their life, and not just a snapshot of what they're doing with us. The good news or the bad news is that the Senate Judiciary